one of my favorite questions I like to ask leaders is, you know, are you so far removed from the problem that you have no influence over the situation? 99.9% of the time, the answer is no. This is Designing Leaders, the podcast where simplicity meets leadership. I'm your coach, Desi Mayner, your guide on this journey towards effective and efficient leadership. Here we unite theory and practice, bringing you actionable insights from the front lines of leadership. From boardrooms to sales floors, we're breaking down silos and fostering teamwork. Every episode is a new step towards absolute accountability and clear communication. I'm your host, Desi Mayner, and let's dig in. How do you solve a problem in your business? Today, we are going to answer that question, giving you a five-step process to solve any leadership problem, any problem uh, for that matter, within your business. And we're going to use practical examples. And hey, maybe you're listening and you want a little bit more uh, brainwave and connect the neurotransmitters and charge the lasers a bit. We have a PowerPoint slide today for you. Uh, So jump over to our YouTube channel to see that and you'll get some more of those neurotransmitters connected. So today we are going to teach you the leadership drill and we're going to give you a practical example along with it. So we're going to do some teaching and then we're going to run back through the whole thing with a specific example of a service-based business. So if you're a service-based business owner, today is your day. And hey, if you're any other type of business leader or business owner, today is also your day because this is going to apply to any situation. And heck, you could even apply it to the family unit. I know I have, I use all of the same leadership principles and the processes and systems that I use in my businesses. I use uh, with my family unit too and teach others to do the same. So how to solve any problem using a five-step process. This is called the leadership drill. So let's dive right in. The leadership drill, run the five-step drill to solve any problem. Step one. What is the problem? You need to pinpoint the problem. So let's ask ourselves a couple of questions here. Number one is what is the real problem that I am trying to solve, right? Like I know that we run into a lot of different things and sometimes we feel like a fireman. We're just running around from problem to problem trying to figure it out. But we need to take a second, we need to pause, and we need to think, what is the real problem that I'm trying to solve? So an example of that is, let's say that we're talking about a tree, okay? And most times, we go and we try to trim the branch of the tree to fix the problem when really we need to look at the roots of the tree or how it's being watered or how it's being taken care of, all right? We need to make sure that we're doing that with this problem. What is the real problem that we're trying to solve? And then, of course, taking absolute accountability, which if you haven't heard that term yet, uh, that is our core foundation of leadership. And you need to ask yourself, how am I part of the problem? How am I part of the problem is a key, key question to find out. And one of my favorite questions I like to ask leaders is, you know, are you so far removed from the problem that you have no influence over the situation. Almost 100% of the time, 99.9% of the time, the answer is no. I I I may be removed, but I have influence in the situation and I can help solve the problem. So once we know what the problem is, we have a great opportunity to begin to solve it. And we've taken absolute accountability of that. So now we have 
Uh, it's within our realm. It's within our authority. We're the leader. It's our fault. And because it's our fault, that's a good thing. We're taking absolute accountability of it. Now we get to be a part of the solution. So let's dive into that and start running the leadership drill here. So step two is we need to run the drill, okay? Now there's multiple pieces to this, so we're gonna break it down step by step. Okay, so the first piece here of step two is capacity. So what is our deadline to get this solved? Maybe it's a project, maybe it's a task. Maybe it's an assignment. Maybe it's just a big problem that we need to solve quickly. And so maybe our answer is ASAP on that. Um, but we need to ask ourselves, how much time do we have when we're looking at solving this problem? We know what the problem is. We know that we're part of the problem. Now we need to look at step two, which is the capacity of the problem. What is our deadline in solving this? And how far away is that? Do I have seven days? Do I have, uh, do I have seven months? Uh, do I have seven years, right? It doesn't necessarily matter. We just need to know. Um, after we know the capacity, we need to be able to unite in support, right? So rule number one, law number one of leadership, the way that we teach it is unite and support. So what are the key relationships, okay, involved in getting this problem solved? So who do we need to connect with, collaborate with, facilitate with in order to solve this problem? So do I need to pull in my leadership team? Um, do I, you know, need to check with Bob in accounting? Do I need to get with, uh, you know, Susie in HR? What is it and who is it that I need to connect with that we need to unite and so that I can support them and they can support me so that we can solve this problem? And then you, we need to ask ourselves that question is are we united and are we supporting each other currently? And if not, that's okay, but we need to identify the answer to that and then answer the question, what do we need to do in order to become united and to start supporting each other, right? So essentially, are we working as a team, yes or no? And if not, right, which is often the case, if it's a problem that we're usually not working as a team as good as we could at least, as effectively or as efficiently uh, that's as possible, and then what do we need to do uh, in order to start being effective and efficient in working as a team, which is usually so we need to surround ourselves around a common goal, which in this particular um, example would be solving this problem that we're running the drill on. And then how can we support each other in solving that problem? Okay, so that's United Support. Then we need to keep it simple, right? Which is law number two of leadership. Keep it simple. So in its simplest form, what is the goal or what are we trying to accomplish here, right? Is it simple enough to understand and execute? So no, we always say no understanding, no execution. So do we understand it? Does the team understand it? And does the people we're collaborating with or working as a team with, do they understand what is it that we're trying to actually accomplish, right? So, you know, maybe we're trying to increase average service ticket, and that's the biggest problem. It's super low right now, and we need to get that up to 300, 500, uh, whatever it may be. We'll give you guys a perfect service-based business example once we run through this, but I just want to teach you the core concepts first, right? So keep it simple. What is the goal? What are we trying to accomplish? And then is it simple enough and obvious enough so that everyone understands it so that we can execute, okay? So we've got capacity. We've got Unite Support. We have Keep It Simple. And then we're moving right along here to prioritize and execute. So I give you guys a, a little R&R here and not rest and recovery, but no, it's called rank and run. So does this have a big impact on the organization? 
All right. So that's our first question that we need to ask. And then what assets and resources do I need to put towards this task, project, assignment, problem, whatever it may be in order so that we can accomplish it, so we can fix the problem, so that we can achieve what it is we're setting out to accomplish. So let's break this down to rank and run. So the first one is rank. So does this have the highest impact on the organization or is it really a problem worth solving? We'll talk about later, um, which is basically, is it worth it? But we need to rank this as like if we have seven problems on our desk or we have seven goals or objectives or whatever it is, we need to rank them into number one being the highest impact on the organization and or the team. So you could look at this two ways. You could say what what impact does it have on the mission and then what impact does it have on the team? Those are two different things, but one can't operate without the other. You need the team to accomplish the mission. And uh, if you don't have a mission, the team is just running around like chickens with their head cut off, right? So you can't do one without the other, but we still need to have a prioritization of what's going on. So maybe revenue is the top priority. And this is, you know, the drill that we're trying to fix right now is like number nine on the priority list. Well, it might not be worth it then to execute, right? So we need to dive into what impact does this have on the organization and rank that impact. Um, I've done it with stars, you know, like one star, two star, three star. Uh, if it's a bigger type of scenario, you can ask yourself uh, that question. Is this a five star impact type of thing? Or is this kind of just like a one star? And then you can basically you give yourself a framework to make a decision on whether we're going to run this drill or not with this particular problem. Because we'd rather stop now at this point in the process, in this five-step process, then run all the way through it and then fix something that didn't even make that big of an impact when there's four other things that could make a huge impact. The next part of the execute, so this is the run part of the rank and run, is what assets and resources do I need to put towards this task, project, assignment, problem in order to solve it, right, in order to accomplish it. So when we talk about assets, we talk about, we're talking about human resources, okay, human capital, the team, what team members, and then also like financial resources, or maybe it's literally physical tools. Uh, in the cases of some business, maybe you got service vans, um, whatever that may be. So what resources, human capital, uh, finances, literal tools, team members, all those types of things, just make a simple list. Okay, so yes, this has the high enough impact. Awesome, now we can run it. What assets and resources do we need? Well, we're gonna need $1,000 to solve this. We're gonna need three team members. We're gonna need two vans, and we're gonna need approximately $1,000 worth of materials, and we'll get this problem solved for this customer. That's an example of that. Okay, once you have that, now you need to run Inform, Update, and Clarify. So Inform, Update, and Clarify, Basically, you're doing that with your team. You need to inform them, you need to update them, and you need to clarify them. Now, you already know who are the key relationships that you need to have in on this, and you've already identified how you can start working better as a team. This is the communication aspect of, does my team know what to do, how we are doing it, and why we are doing it? And I mean, this one, you could take this in a meta type of version and just ask yourself this question every single day as a leader. Does my team know what to do every day, right? In all scenarios, do they know how they should be doing it or how we do it? Like for at Mainer Leadership or at, you know, at XYZ company, we do it the XYZ way. And then do they know, this is a big one, why they are doing it? 
right? So that, does it connect to the bigger mission? Does it align with supporting the team? Does it align with essentially serving people and making a profit to either have a more secure employment, make the world a better place and to help and serve other people, right? So they need to know the why, but this one is for this particular problem or project or task. Does the team know what to do? So we got to do some planning, right? This is where we got to put the plan together, right? One, two, three, ABC, very, very simple, but then we need to inform them of the plan, update them, and then make sure that you're asking clarifying questions. Now, I always tell them to ask me questions. I literally force my teams to ask me questions. So after I'll go through the what, the how, and the why, I'll say, hey, Bob, I need you to ask me a question about the what. Susie, I need you to ask me a question about the why. And Johnny, I need you to ask me a question about the um, how. Right, so I'll just literally go through that and I'll force them to ask me questions versus the age old. Does anybody have any questions? And no one raises their hand yet. Everyone still has a question uh, because they don't want to be the odd one out. So I just go ahead and force that. So that's a good kind of super secret ninja hack of leadership and good communication there. And then. Make sure that you're giving regular updates, okay? You wanna give them regular updates and clarifications throughout the process of solving this problem or accomplishing this task or assignment, okay? Or, or completing the project. So regular updates, and I mean regular as in if anything is new information or there's a change or there's a deadline or there's any modification of anything going on, you need to update the team. Okay, you need to let them know. Don't assume anything because it makes an ass out of you and me. And I'm a leadership coach and I'm training you to update your team. So don't make an ass out of me. Uh, and then, so we're moving right along here in this process to distribute and empower. So you, what you'll notice here is that we're layering a lot of the laws of leadership into this process here. So distribute and empower. So step 2B, we're running this drill right along, distribute and empower. Am I able to distribute some decision-making down the chain of command? All right, so where am I delegating and who am I giving authority to? We need to make sure that people understand where their authority starts and where the authority stops and what is their authority within that? What decisions can they make and can't they make? And then make sure that they're empowered and you give them ownership and accountability of basically making decisions, solving problems, getting things done within that distributing power. So you're distributing power and then you're empowering them to do so, right? So all that needs to come with that is basically humility, and clarity. You need to be extremely clear on where their power, right, quote unquote, or authority starts and stops. And then within that, hey, make decisions, solve problems, get things done. And then you will have a great opportunity for your team to win at this project, this task, or solve this problem, right? And you're leading this entire thing. You're just running this leadership drill along this, right? And we'll have uh, we'll have the links in here so you guys can download this entire workbook uh, and you get all the questions that we're literally asking. So how can I give my team more ownership of this, right? Well, you give them more ownership by empowering them with authority and decision-making and getting things done within it. Then comes humility, okay? So you need to check your ego and ask yourself the question, is my ego affecting my ability 
to look at this objectively. So let's talk about this. When we talk about to look at this objectively, am I so attached to it, right? Do I need it to succeed so bad that I can't pull myself away from it, right? So one of the best ways to do this here is to literally and physically pull yourself back, to step back. A lot of times I'll just try to take what I call like just high ground, right? If my team is like meeting on the main floor, I'll just literally, you know, maybe go on the balcony to look down and it kind of separates my body, which then separates my mind, makes me a little more objective to the scenario, or I will seek wise counsel, right? That's another way to be incredibly objective of a situation here is seeking wise counsel um, with a mentor, somebody who's went further than you, faster than you, and they don't need anything from you. That's a great way to seek wise counsel and take a more objective stance on something. But you got to check your ego. You got to make sure that you're being humble and and leading with humility and clarity in that situation. And then the other piece of humility and being humble is you need to ask yourself the question, am I imposing my plan onto the team? So here's what I mean by that is we want to take the stance of the best plan wins, not my plan, right? So as we're collaborating, as we're working as a team, when we talk about the planning stage, okay, we need to know, am I imposing my plan because I'm the leader and I want to win or did the best plan win? So we want to check our to check our ego, we want to ask ourselves, am I imposing my plan on the team? So moving right along here. So once we're good to go and we've got the green light on all of that, we're going to awareness, okay? We're checking for our awareness though. Step 2C here, still in the middle of running the drill in step two here, right? We want to figure out, are we aware of my emotions and are they impeding on my ability to make good decisions? So talking about ourself, right? The, the self-emotion, the self-awareness, uh, it's called, called EQ also. How are my emotions doing, right? So this should be better now that we're detached, we're objective. Right, so are my emotions involved in impeding my ability to make good decisions? So we can, it's like a yes or a no. It's either a check mark or it's a red X, okay, on that one. And then have I detached to get a more objective look on this? So remember, that is incredibly important, which is why we've pretty much put it in here twice in two different ways, one in humility and another one in self-awareness. We're checking our emotions again. We're making sure that we're detached. So we are making the best decision for two things, one for the mission and one for the team. When we're looking at both of those things, are we managing that um, that paradox between the mission and the team? Are we making the best decision that will help us accomplish the mission and keep the team intact, working as a team and keep them happy? That's what we're going for. And then you want to zoom out, meaning you want to gain perspective. Okay. So one of the ways that we do that um, is you can talk to a mentor. Uh, another way you can do this is I always like to ask the team, right? Or especially my leadership team, I will literally say, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? What, how are you looking at this? What do you see that I don't see? Uh, and I'm gaining, uh, people that I trust a lot, especially people that I value their opinion and I value their perspective. I'll ask, you know, three to five of those type of people uh, about their perspectives on things. And that'll help me zoom out and get a different look at different things. A great analogy for that is um, I once saw a picture of the Grand Canyon and it had New York City in it. Now, you would think, how many times does New York City fit in the Grand Canyon? Let me tell you something. 
New York City is tiny compared to the Grand Canyon. It fits in there. I want to say like seven to 10 times New York city can fit in the grand Canyon. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, and to me, that was when a coach showed me that for the first time is when I first got good perspective on things and started to look at things from different angles and start to see things that I wasn't able to see. And you can't do that without other people. Um, I know, uh, Walt Disney, was incredibly good at that. He would be the visionary, the realist, and the critic. And he would literally wear different hats and sit in different places in his office in order to gain different perspectives and take on different personas so that he could have the vision, he could figure out how to make it come true, and then he could poke holes in it as well. Those are three great perspectives to take. So maybe those are three um, good people to talk to is some type of visionary, uh, some type of realist and some type of critic, but just a couple analogies there and some examples to give you guys uh, a better understanding. You want to be able to understand what is going on, the project, uh, the assignment, the task, the problem from different angles. Okay. All right. So moving into finishing up this drill, we have alignment. So when we want to look at alignment here, we're going to ask ourselves, Three questions. Does this align with the overall mission and does it support the strategic goal? And then what can be done to keep the mission moving forward? So let's talk about alignment with the overall mission. So hopefully you have a mission and it is incredibly clear. I always coach three three main objectives uh, along with a deadline and along with a why behind it. Okay, so does it align with the overall mission? If you don't have that, then you've also noticed a problem to run another leadership drill on. But let's say that you have that for now, and you're just wondering is, is has have we decided what we're doing, and then is what we're doing in alignment with that overall mission? Yes or no, and sometimes that takes some discussion and debate, uh, but you really want everything lined up and you want it all moving in the right direction. And then does it support the strategic goal of growing the company or whatever your strategic kind of bigger picture? I call strategic and there's strategies and there's tactics. Strategic is more global, right? Bigger scenario. So does it support the big strategic goal, which usually for a small service-based business, I'm saying is basically increasing revenue and profits and serving people and stabilizing your team and treating your team really well. So does it align with those uh, three things? And most times the answer is yes, unless it's some crazy idea that uh, the visionary or the owner or founder uh, has maybe uh, an outlandish idea. And there were cells saying, what can we, what can be done to keep the mission moving forward? So this is like more tactical. So this is like, what actions can we take specifically to make sure that we're moving this mission forward and we're making progress on it, okay? So this is where you get to the nitty gritty, you fill those out, and now you know what to do essentially, okay? And then you can also kind of ignite your team on that to help you optimize the actions and prioritize them even better. Then we're moving into probably one of my favorite questions here, which is leadership capital. So as we're leading this drill with our team, we talk about leadership capital. I also call it the leadership bank account, okay? So I want you to, let me teach it on this and explain just for a minute. So I want you to imagine that your leadership is a bank account, okay? Now you can go into the black, you can go into the red. And every interaction that you have with anyone either puts money in or takes money out. There is nothing that keeps it the same. 
Okay, no interaction that you have as a leader keeps your leadership bank account, your leadership capital the same. Okay, so there's nothing like I didn't spend any money and I didn't make any money today. Nope, the, the answer is probably you lost money then, okay? So you're either getting better or you're getting worse when it comes to your leadership bank account here. So you wanna ask yourself is, did I spend leadership money or did I add to leadership money, okay? Is basically, did you spend it or did you earn it? Did you add to your leadership bank account or did you subtract from your leadership bank account? And then ask yourself, is it worth it? Okay, so if you if this is a scenario where you need to subtract from your leadership bank account, hey, Bob, Susie, I'm going to need the two of your teams. I'm going to need you guys to pull a few extra hours. I've got to get this project over the finish line. Uh, we talked to the client. We said it would be done by Thursday. It's Tuesday and we're not there yet. I'm going to we're going to need to go overtime on this, you know, and maybe you've never done that before. Okay. That is a time when it's probably worth it to spend some of that leadership capital. Okay. But I would always say like, do your best to almost never do that. Okay. Because you never want to be in the red on leadership capital. It will always come back to bite you. I always say you want to make every interaction as a leader, as if you were adding to your leadership bank account. Okay. But sometimes when we're talking about the strategic mission, um, it is worth it right, to spend some of that leadership bank account. Um, but make sure that the next day or the next project, you're adding back to that leadership bank account to get back where you were. Always want to be adding to that. So how much is it spending? Or maybe it's adding, and that's a great opportunity for some leadership growth and you to grow that bank account. But you need to know, is it worth it? How much am I spending? How much am I earning? You want to be kind of keeping track theoretically of your leadership capital in that bank account. And it's different with each person that you interact with. So my leadership cap, my leadership bank account with Bob, you know, might be positive 10, but with Susie, it's only a positive three right now. This is all theoretical, but you, you know, more than less than essentially a basic subtraction and addition there. And you want to make sure that your leadership capital is always in the plus. Okay. All right. That rounds up the drill that rounds up step two of the drill now we have all the planning that's done, that's taken care of. We know what we're doing, the team's on board. We are ready to step three, which is take action. All right, so we get to actually implement and execute everything that we've planned out. Now, I know I took some time to go through that, right? But I mean, I've went through that in less than seven minutes before with my team, right? When I know what questions to ask and I know what to answer, it can be really, really fast, right? So step three is take action. We implement and execute the plan. So what is the highest priority action that either me or the team, us, we should execute based on this iteration of the drill, okay? So later we're gonna debrief and we're gonna have another iteration of the drill because there's gonna be another problem that rises up either in the next hour, 30 minutes, day, week, month, year. It, there's another problem that's going to come up. And also, usually if we solve a problem, it just creates another problem, which that's a good thing. That's what we want, right? Is to always be solving new problems. So what's the highest priority action that we should take based on this iteration of the drill, okay? And we probably already know this within our planning stage essentially, but this really gets us down to like, all right, 
Bob, you're going to do number one, and it's going to be to wash the vans. Susie, you're going to do number two. It's going to be to fill the vans with gas. And then, Johnny, you're going to do number three, uh, which is going to be meet us at the job site with all of the required tools. All right, copy that. Everyone understand what is it that we're doing, and then bam, okay? So you're really laying that out in a super simple form of action steps, okay? Literal, physical actions that you're taking. And then you just do it. Okay, so then you're actually executing those actions and you're making sure that everything gets taken care of, the problem gets solved, the project gets accomplished, the task is handled, and the assignment is accomplished, okay? That's number three. That's actually the most fun part because it's like, all right, let's go attack the scenario and do everything that we just planned and walked through and then win, all right? And then after the fact... Okay, so we did it, we took action, we implemented, we executed. Awesome, good job, we won, right? And maybe something went wrong, but most of the times, if you've went through this entire process, you are going to at least get very close to solving the problem, accomplishing the task, finishing the project, uh, and winning in some way, shape, or form. So then we move to step four, which this right here is the lost art of leadership, I'm telling you right now, and it's the debrief, feedback, after action review step, okay? So we ask ourselves some incredibly simple questions to gain a whole bunch of understanding and learning here, okay? So let's dig into what these questions are. So what feedback am I getting from the team after taking action, okay? So you basically say like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, how did it go? Hey, team, great work, we won. Give me some feedback. What went right? What went wrong? What was a specific success? What was a specific failure? What did you learn? What can we do differently next time? Those are all the types of questions that you want to be asking. Essentially, what went right and why? What went wrong and why? What did we learn from it and why or how did we learn it? And then what would we do differently next time? Okay, so what would we take into the next drill, into the next iteration of a leadership drill, essentially? Now we know what we would do differently. We pull out the learning, and that part right there, I mean, it can take as quick as three to seven minutes. And we're, I mean, we're talking about this entire drill, I mean, only taking like 10 minutes total, and you'll have solved a large problem, right, or small and everything in between um, in your business. Right? So that handles step four, the after action review, the feedback loop in that scenario. Step five, the last step of the leadership drill is rinse and repeat. Okay, so prior to each iteration of the drill, ask yourself, am I stuck in the drill? So this is the most common problem that comes up is that people just get stuck in the drill and that maybe they get stuck somewhere in step two and they never finish the drill. Okay, well, guess what? I'm a football guy, I'm a sports guy, and I'm gonna teach you to run your organization like a championship sports team, all right? Now, I've been a part of many of those, right? And I've helped manage those, and I've helped run those, and I've been in every level of those that you can imagine. And I can tell you this right now, if you don't finish, you're not gonna win. That is just point blank. You show me a championship team that doesn't finish, that doesn't exist, that's an oxymoron, that never happens. If you are a winner and you win championships as a sports team, you finish. You finish the game. You finish the sprint. You finish the practice. You finish the drill. So that is the number one question you need to ask yourself when you get to the end of this and you're rinsing and repeating is, am I stuck in the drill? Did I not even finish the last drill and now I'm running another drill? You can only do one thing 
at a time. You can only run one drill at a time. So run it, run it all the way through, solve a problem, then move to the next problem. Okay, that is going to be your most effective and your most efficient way because you do that, you'll get faster and faster, which is efficiency, and you will get better and better, which is effectiveness. That's what you want is effective and efficient. You want that in your business. And then you want to ask yourself is has the problem changed? Right? Like I was saying earlier, when you solve a problem, you're going to create a new problem. That's a good thing. Okay, you want to be solving new problems. They're probably bigger problems and they're probably more impactful problems because of success, right? Success breeds competition. Success also breeds more problems, but they're more unique problems and they're good problems to have. Like, hey, how do we serve more customers? That's a good problem to have. Most business owners uh, want to be solving that problem. Okay, that is the five steps of the leadership drill. Now, I promised you a practical example of this. Okay, so let's run through this. I want to do a service-based business. Okay, let's say that we are a, we could be, let's do a um, service-based business. Maybe we're running three-ish million in revenue. How about we've got 10 or 15 uh, people on the team. Let's be like HVAC, plumbing, electrical, uh, even construction, uh, let's talk about that kind of business. So our problem here is let's, let's super define it. Let's say that we are a plumbing business and 3 million in revenue. We've got 15 guys. Maybe we have three vans, three trucks. Okay. And one of our problems is, is that when our service techs are going into the homes, they are not trying to look other places for what might be wrong within the home, right? So essentially the problem is our average ticket, uh, our average service ticket is incredibly low, all right? Maybe it's $100 and we need it to be like $500, all right? So that's the problem. So let's walk ourselves through the problem. So what is the real problem that I'm trying to solve? The average ticket, the average service ticket is $100 and we need it to be $500 and digging deeper, it's because our service techs aren't asking the right questions and they're not even looking around to do kind of a survey check of, is there anything else wrong? Can we serve the customer in any other way? Uh, how am I part of the problem? I haven't trained them to do so. Uh, like I tell them to do it all the time, but I haven't given them the training, the words, the scripting, uh, the training and the resources in order to do that. And that's on me. I'm the operator. I'm the owner. I'm the leader. That's on me. I haven't done that. Right. That's step one. I, I identify the problem and I am part of the problem and I have influence over it so I can be start part of the solution. All right. Step two, let's run the drill. So capacity, what's the deadline for this? Well, I have a goal of by the end of the quarter to be at a $500 average ticket fee. That is one of my quarterly goals and it's January. So I have like 60 days, not like I have exactly, I have like 60, whatever today's the 19th of January. So I have 71 days total. Okay. Give or take a day. So that's what I know. I have 71 days to get that up from hundred to 500. What are the key relationships that I need to develop? So we're running United support here. I need to be, develop key relationships with all of those service techs. The people that are in the homes, they are going to be the key leverage point in this. And then are we united and supported? Well, 
I thought I was supporting them, but I'm not as much as I could. So I need to start meeting with them, training them and spending time with them in the homes a lot more. I need to make sure that we're united around this, right? So I need to start building this team up, strengthening these relationships and putting much more time and probably even some financial resources. I need to buy some lunches. Um, I need to get some donuts. I need to make sure that I'm there in the mornings, all of those types of things. So just bring that, um, bring that unity up a bit. And then I need to make sure that I'm supporting them a lot better with the scripting, with the training, uh, with the practice, probably with, you know, site visits or ride alongs in that scenario. And then let's keep it simple. So in its simplest form, what's the goal? Well, the goal is our average service ticket is 100. We need it to be 500. Is that simple enough to understand? I would tell them that goal and then I would ask them, what is it that we're trying to do? Well, boss, trying to increase the service ticket from 100 to 500. Can we do that? Yes. I've done the math. We're missing approximately $500, right? And I'm just making these numbers up, but we're missing probably $500 per home that we're in that we could serve the customer more powerfully. And then their customer satisfaction would even go up. So yes, it's simple enough. A hundred dollars where we're at $500 where we need to be. We're good. We're continuing running step two here. Prioritize and execute rank. This is this important? Yeah. It's probably like number two on the priority list. It's going to increase our revenue. It's going to increase our profit. It's going to increase our customer satisfaction, which will then increase our reputation, which will make more word of mouth. You see where this goes? This is, we're pulling the thread on this and yeah, it's very much worth it. So it's a super high ranking. Um, so yes, that checks the box. And then what assets do we need? Well, we need a scripting. We probably need a checklist when we're in homes. We need to uh, have time. We need to have that resource. We need to set aside training time. Uh, we're probably going to need to put some money in this, maybe bring in an outside trainer on that um, and make sure that um, they have everything they need. They have, you know, kind of teach, train, equip, empower, uh, and follow that process in the scenario. So we're going to need some human assets. Obviously, our service techs that are in the homes, as well as some resources, meaning time uh, and a little bit of money to make sure that we feed them, we take good care of them. And we also might want to incentivize them uh, around this. So that would be another resource uh, that we need to put together too and put together an incentive program if we do reach that average service ticket fee. So that's to prioritize and execute, inform, update, and clarify. Does my team know what to do? Okay. So they know what the goal is, um, but they're through training and through the checklist, through the processes, and through the incentives, they're going to know what to do. They're going to know how to do it, right? And then they're going to know why we're doing this because of we just pulled the thread on that, right? It's going to have them to be a more stable job. It's going to help increase our profits, increase our revenue, uh, which and give them opportunities to make more money as well. And then have I given them regular updates? So entire, throughout this entire training process of scripting this checklist, I'm going to probably do a weekly meeting on that to get feedback and make sure that I give them updates of how they're doing. And I'm going to run that in their one-on-one -on -one meetings as well and make sure that we're really honed in and focused on giving them every update, every information, every clarification on what they're doing, how they're doing it. Are they doing good? Are they doing bad? What needs to change? What's missing? What's working? What's not working? All of those scenarios, I'm going to have tons of conversations with them throughout that entire process until we start reaching that goal. And then I feel like I can start to taper that down. Uh, distributing and empower. Am I able to distribute some of the decision making down? So not much in this one, right? We're, uh, you know, in this scenario, it's a small company. I'm the operator. 
So most of these decisions are on me. Obviously, the decisions that they're going to be able to make is, you know, what are they seeing in the home? And then what is it that they're going to offer as an additional, uh, you know, service, additional repair um, or anything in that realm? Is it a replacement? Is it a repair? Do they need a new water heater? Like whatever that, that scenario is, that's going to be in their authority and we'll train them on that as well. Um, how can I give them more ownership? Well, one, I can incentivize them, right? And two, I can hold them accountable to it, right? And three, I can just show them the why. If I help them to explain and understand the why and then have them be a part of explaining it, that will give them a whole bunch of ownership on that. And then obviously um, celebrate it, reward it, uh, you know, verbally in front of the team and make sure that they're taking ownership and accountability of that scenario and being rewarded for that. Um now we need to check our ego. Is my ego affecting my ability to look at this objectively? Maybe, maybe, because I really want that money, right? Because I'm the business owner, I'm the owner operator. So I might need to check in with a mentor here and say, I want it to be 500, it's 100. What's the industry average? And is does this make sense to, to take it up to 500? Or am I pushing too hard, too fast on the team? So maybe that's a question um, I need to ask that. And then am I imposing this plan on my team? I'm, I'm going to want to ask them that. And I'll, I'll have built those relationships in the earlier part of this drill to say, does it feel like I'm pushing this on you? Or does this make sense to you? Right? I want to build those relationships to the point where I can ask that. Right. And I want to make sure this is in full alignment with everything that we're doing here. So I'm going to ask that question, make sure that I'm checking my humility uh, as much as I can. And then is my emotion. So my emotion in this, uh, if I was this owner operator, would probably just be excitement and intensity because that's how I lead. So maybe I'm pushing this too hard, too fast. Um, with too much intensity. So that would probably be the only thing. But, you know, am I able to make a good decision? Yeah, I think the decision is fine. I just think that I probably need to take my time and how I implement and how I train and my, I need to keep realistic expectations of my team, but also push at the same time. So I'm just kind of managing that, that paradox there. And then have I detached it Yes, I would probably go and ask a couple of my other business owners, maybe the mastermind that I'm in, and I would ask to get a couple other perspectives as I look. Uh, and then that would help me to zoom out, right, and gain other perspectives in the scenario. Maybe I even talk to some other people way in another state uh, of plumbing, and then we, I could ask them that questions too about their perspectives on this. And then I, that'll help me give the different angles. And then in alignment, yeah. It 100% aligns. It's actually one of our core economic objectives is the increase in the average service ticket. Um, so it supports the strategic goal of making revenue, profit, serving customers, and making sure we're creating stability for our team. And then what can be done to keep the mission moving forward? Just continuing to make progress on this uh, and continuing to track it to make sure that we're making progress on it. And then supporting the team, giving them the assets, giving them the resources, and getting the feedback from them to make sure that they're being led effectively and efficiently so that they can execute on that. And then leadership capital. I, was gonna, I would say that this is adding to my leadership capital. Um, it depends on how I do it though. I need to do it calmly. Um, I need to do it, uh, I want to say urgently, but in a way that benefits them. So I'm going to incentivize them. I'm going to explain how important it is to my team, right? So I'm going to keep that kind of leadership bank account lens on my eyes and my ears and my words as I explain it to them. 
right? So it's going to be a benefit to them. It's going to make their jobs easier. It's going to make their job more stable. It's going to help them make more money and it's going to help create happier customers, which then again, makes their job even easier because of a great reputation. And then is it worth it? Yeah, 100%, no doubt. It's worth it in a whole bunch of different ways. And then step three, we're going to take action. We're going to run the training, right? We're going to create a, you know, once every every other week, we're going to have a 90-minute training. We're going to create a checklist. We're going to teach them how to use the checklist. There's going to be a dry erase. They're going to put it in their notes. Uh, they're going to take pictures. Uh, they're going to, I'm going to give them the scripting. So they'll have that with them in their folder that they take in every home. They're going to have a process that they have to talk to the customer every time they have to show them around means in the basement or wherever that plumbing issue might be. Um, so we're going to walk them through all of these processes, all of these systems, all of this scripting. And then we're going to have check-in meetings with them one-on-one -on -one every single week. So maybe a 15 minute meeting, you know, I've only got like, a, you know, maybe seven service techs. So I'm just checking in with them real quick and getting feedback on that and also kind of helping them, rating them, uh, and coaching them up on how to get better and better. And I'm also going to do ride-alongs here. So those are all the actions that I'm going to take. And then we're going to debrief, okay? So maybe once a month, uh, we're going to get that whole team together, and we're going to run a full feedback loop and a full kind of after-action review and debrief. What, what's going right? Why? What's going wrong? Why? Um, what's missing? What's blocking us? What support do you need? What have you learned so far? Uh, are you getting out of your comfort zone? What are you getting better at? What's still a weakness and why? What do we need to start doing differently? And then maybe what do each of you individual need to start doing differently? What's your mindset? You know, and are those relating to your actions? And is that all making progress and making you better, making you stronger? So we're going to run that debrief. That's step four. And then step five, am I stuck in the drill? So I'm going to run a rinse and repeat, right? So am I stuck in the drill? That is going to depend on, you know, in 71 days, like I thought, have we at least made a lot of progress on the problem, which was 100 serve average service ticket to 500s, right? So maybe at the end, of, maybe we're at 435 and we were at 100. Okay, so we've increased like 330%. I would call that uh, a win, right? So are we to the 500 goal? No. Did we solve the problem? Yes. It's just going to take more time and more training and more, and just, we just got to sharpen this, continue to sharpen the sword. So am I stuck in the drill? No, definitely not stuck in the drill. Now the problem is, is maybe we need to fix the goal, right? Or we're, we're so focused on the service fee that we're missing maybe some replacements, that we're doing. Maybe we could do more water heaters or maybe we could do more, you know, complete replacements of these things and the bigger jobs, but we're so focused on the service, which that was the goal um, that we were honing on that. So we need to kind of relook at our perspective. So we have another problem that's created because we got so good at that, which is what we want. And that is step five. And that means that we made progress. We solved the problem. We made shit happen. And we don't want, no longer have that problem. We have a bigger, more important problem and a more impactful problem, which is what we want. That is how to run the leadership drill. I gave it to you as a teaching. I gave it to you with a full example. That is five steps to solve any problem in your business. And we gave you a practical service-based business plumbing example, uh, which obviously can relate to any service-based business. Desi Mayner. Mayor Leadership, Designing Leaders, Five Steps to Solve Any Problem in Your Business, The Leadership Drill. Run it, solve problems. Out. Out.